GM, everyone, or GA, where I am. Good afternoon. Actually, three minutes past evening. GE. Do these work? Do the Gs keep going? GA, GE, GM, GN? I don't think they do, do they? It's all GM. Hello. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of Audio Galleries. It has been a minute. Shit coins, crazy gas fees, meme art out of the wazoo. It is good to be back behind the mic for Audio Galleries. I am Benjamin White at the NFT 101, your host for today. Very quickly, before we get going, I like to give a little disclaimer. This show is not intended to, nor should it be treated as financial advice. Please do your own research and make your own decisions at all times and stay safe in Web3. It is also a recorded spaces that will go on to become a published podcast. So please consider this when requesting to speak because it will be published no matter what you say. Do me a favor, everyone. Retweet, if you haven't already, the pinned post. Uh, number one pin post, that is, which is the actual space itself. Let more people know what we're doing here. Get more people to come on in. And head down to the little purple button in the bottom right-hand corner. Introduce yourself. Say hello to one another. Follow each other. Re you know, Like each other's work. Retweet one another. Spread the good vibes. It is Friday afternoon where I am. And episode 13, what was that now? Three weeks ago almost, with Philip Colbert, the first generative open edition in partnership with Audio Galleries. Philip was an absolutely amazing guest. His collection, Flowers, 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 was stunning. His pop style, his fascination with art history, he is, in my opinion, truly one of the great artists of our time. And I am incredibly proud to have hosted and minted with him. Those flowers too, right? They were absolutely stunning. Uh, we completed the special edition golden flower airdrop to those who qualified earlier this week. Thank you to everyone who supported the open edition on OpenSea. Uh, the final figure we minted was almost 1,800. And then we had an additional 400 that went in because Philip is going to be taking the flowers out on the road. And so he minted an additional 400 for future exhibition work, which is amazing. After this, I was able to give Philip his share of revenue at over 25 ETH. And the artist share of revenue that Audio Galleries has now given to the artists who have contributed is over $160,000, which is just incredible. Thank you to everyone who listened, commented, sent messages, minted, participated, and supported what we're doing here at Audio Galleries. For those who don't know, Audio Galleries is an educational, art-focused, Web3 project, or initiative, as I like to call it. Projects is so 2022. Uh, working to connect emerging and established artists with a community of digital art collectors and enthusiasts. Hosted each week, the show features an artist, either emerging or firmly established, who is focusing on creating incredible work and making it available via the blockchain. I interview each guest, giving you, the audience, an opportunity to learn more about their style, their inspiration, their process, their previous works, their future plans. And then during the show, we launch an open edition mint on OpenSea with artworks provided by our guest and available to purchase for between 15 and 75 US dollars. Audio Galleries Mint Pass holders who mint this piece will also be rewarded with a second exclusive piece by our artist. If you would like to know more, please follow Audio Galleries on Twitter. Uh, Sigrid is behind the Audio Galleries profile right now. Hey, Sigrid. Um, and go to our Discord or subscribe to the newsletter, all of that jazz. Today, I'm not joined by Tristan. Tristan is behind the OpenSea account, and Tristan's not feeling too well today. So, Tristan, we love you. We hope you feel better. Um, but I do have Sigrid with me. Hey, Sigrid, are you okay? Hello. Hello. How are you? How is life in the Netherlands? Yeah. A beautiful evening. Nice. Beautiful. The sun is shining, so I'm, uh, I've got a very nice view around the I future. I love it. Well, it sounds... And I'm very, very 
very looking forward to Yes, Sarah. me too. I am also. Our artist for today, Sarah Richardson, or as many of you would know her, Sarah Script. Uh, she has been practicing calligraphy for over nine years. She is the author of Copperplate Calligraphy from A to Z and has taught over 200 students the fine art of copperplate calligraphy. Sarah graduated from Hendricks College with an interdisciplinary Bachelor of Arts degree in art history and Spanish in 2018. She then graduated with a certificate in design communication arts from UCLA. She's created on-site calligraphy for Goop and Tiffany & Co, amongst other brands. She started exploring digital illustration in 2021 and created illustrations with puns and references to Web3. Sarah's illustration collections include Nifty City, Story Emporium, Mourn Birds, and Emotional Support Mice, my personal favorite. Whilst calligraphy collections include Calligraphy Love, scripted quotes and now of course holy script she is the she believes in the power of words and the preservation of calligraphy and handwriting she's minting one of the most amazing generative collections with us i'm going to stop talking because i'm losing my words i'm a massive fan sarah script welcome to audio galleries thank you so much for having me i'm so excited i'm so stoked for this opportunity for more people to see calligraphy um, and I've already seen like some calligraphers responding to seeing this on the front page of OpenSea being like, this is so cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which That's is just awesome. like the best. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I, I'm so sorry that that intro takes 10 minutes. I mean, okay. We played Lizzo at the beginning, which was pretty cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I need to get that down. I need to, I need to condense that a little bit, but it's good to, to run people through what we're doing. Um, it's awesome to give people an introduction to you. Um, how about you do that, though, in your own words, Sarah? Why don't you give a very quick introduction? Tell us who you are and what you do in your own words. Um, yeah, very quickly, I'm Sarah Richardson. I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas, um, and I'm a calligrapher and digital artist. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's very, very <laughs> concise. How are you doing today? You feeling all right? I'm so nervous. But... I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's why I, like, I my asked. My whole body is shaking, but it'll be okay. We'll be. It'll be good. Yeah. I always think uh, because we spoke very briefly before you with this show started, and you were like, oh, "I'm nervous," and I always think nerves in this kind of circumstance, like the work is done, the mint to your like personal collectors is live. You've already started minting. It's going pretty well. You're on the front page of OpenSea, Sarah. The hard yards are done. This is just the icing on the cake. And what I always say to people when they're nervous about this, it's because they care. It's because they really, really do care and they want things to be just perfect. So uh, what I would say to you is this is just a chat. This is just a cool conversation amongst friends and collectors and people who are here because they have your back. So please, don't worry. It's fine. <sighs> <laughs> okay um well look sarah i like to go through some standard questions and then we do a few rapid fire um my friend doug from toy boogers who i'm about to invite to speak he always comes up and gives a few little questions from like an artist's perspective um, and then we invite the audience up who can come and either congratulate you on being master of the universe and wonderful, or can ask you a question about your practice. So why don't we get into it? Let's go. Let's go. Okay, Sarah, tell me, you are a calligraphist, calligrapher, what's the right term? Calligrapher. Calligrapher. And you are also an artist more broadly, right? You are multidisciplinary. You do all kinds of designs and artworks. Tell me your story. How did you become an artist slash designer? Um, so I've always been artsy, um, always making things when I was a kid. Um, and I did ballet and musical theater um, all throughout high school. Um, and so I've like always loved like creative types and being around creative people and making creative work. Um, I ended up studying art history in college. Um, in college, I was interested in acting, but I felt like it was maybe too, you know, 
bubbly of a of a dream to do that so i um i i started working for a film festival and like doing logistic work for them um really just volunteering um and i loved being around like those creative people um and i found my first job through working for the film festival from one of the film festival's founders as like an administrative assistant um and like after work, I would do like oil paintings or various crafts, like jewelry making and stuff just for fun. Um, but I guess my, I feel like my boss kind of took notice and he was like, Hey, you know, why don't you design our invites and our t-shirts for our South by Southwest party? Um, and so I started doing that. Um, and then a friend introduced me to calligraphy and I feel like, I, he mailed me a letter with a quote on it and I just thought it was so unique and beautiful. And I, sh it was that thing of like, when you show a tiny bit of interest in somebody's really random hobby where they're like, Oh, you like this too? Like, let me teach you everything because there are five of us, but we're really enthusiastic, you know? Um, so he started teaching me over the phone and then there was a calligraphy teacher who was coming through town, um, in Austin. And I took that class and kind of, um, just started practicing every day. I think I was really drawn to the discipline of it. Um, and there being like, you know, these tools and, and like the ink was so beautiful and, and getting to like, write things that I was feeling I, I, I was going through a time where I felt like, um, really small inside myself, like, um, I didn't have a voice. And, you know, I was going through some self esteem stuff. And I started writing things in calligraphy and noticing that people would take notice of them online purely because of the novel nature of it. Um, and so it sort of like helped me gain a little strength, not only in my voice, but in like, hey, this is something that you can do and that you are, you know, getting good at, you know, and practicing. Um, and I ended up moving to Los Angeles. Um, and I started taking some design classes at UCLA, um, and eventually graduated um, with a design communication arts certificate in 2018. And like during that time I was doing calligraphy as much as I could and sharing it on Instagram um, and, you know, growing my platform over there. And that's when I got the opportunity to do calligraphy for Goop. Um, and then when I came back from Los Angeles, moved back to Austin, um, Ulysses Press approached me to write the book on calligraphy. Um, and then I kind of kept doing calligraphy and then I started teaching online during the pandemic. Um, and then I fell into NFTs, which is just a crazy world, but also like opened up Pandora's box to explore other types of art, which has just been really <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. I mean, what a story. There are so many parts of that to unpack. Firstly, I can't believe you haven't been doing calligraphy since you were like <laughs> born or something because you're wonderful at it. It's really incredible to think that you just discovered it through someone sending you a card or whatever and decided to pick it up. I'm also I'm intrigued to know how someone would teach you over the phone. Do you mean? Do yeah, you, they. Do you mean? Do, it was. Do you mean like videos? No, no. This was like all voice conversation and and um, like pictures. Like they would text me pictures of like exemplars and stuff, and then like. Um, it's called a ductus when you break down how to write each letter. So they would send me like a ductus. Um, so yeah. Wow. And, and then there are, there are many parts that I'm fascinated with all of that. Like who approached you to write the book? You just said a moment ago, sorry, I didn't write it. Down. Oh, Ulysses Press. Okay. And how did that come about? Um, they found me on Instagram. So that was like one of the things of like showing up every day <laughs> on Instagram really yeah. paid off. Yeah. It does really show like how consistency really does begin to pay off when, when you become the person that gets asked to write the book about something because you're there so, so frequently representing. And what was that like? Let me, let me ask two questions. One, are there many books that have been written in the last 50 years about calligraphy? And two, what was it like to then pick up the torch, so to speak, and represent an entire medium? Oh, man, it was really intimidating. And I've actually I told this to, um, uh, an interviewer here before that, like looking back on it, I wish I had given that job to somebody else because I think that their skill level at the time was broader and beyond my own. Um, however, I think I did a, I think I did a 
pretty good job. Um, but there, there really weren't that many time, many books about copper plate calligraphy in 2018. And the books that I did see that were like broad overviews and had like multiple scripts in them, I would always turn to their copper plate section, or they might have called it round hand or engrosser script, probably not engrosser script, probably just round hand or copper plate. And I was like, Oh, man, like, it, it would make me distrust the other sections of the book because I could like see the inconsistencies in their in the copper plate. Um, mm. But and yeah. so so copper plate then what copper plate is a, a like a font a style like how does it what what yeah be specific with me pretend I know nothing about calligraphy <laughs> it's a type of script um, so it's written so it's not a font um, it's a type of script um, and it was there there are some like discrepancies on the name but it was popularized in like the early 20th century um, and at the time it was called engrosser's script um, and kind of what I do today is is a combination of the engrosser's script from the early 1900s and English roundhand from like the 1700s from Western Europe um, so it's kind of like a combination of both of those things. So it's like slightly more casual than engrosser script, but slightly more dressed up than um, English roundhand, which is what Jane Austen uh, wrote all of her novels in. Um, oh my yeah. goodness. How long must that have taken? <laughs> 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 this must be fascinating for you though, because you're creative and you're an art historian, like, you know, through education. And so to be able to practice your passion for creating and being artsy in your own words, but to also then be able to look into old passages and scripts and uh, documents. I remember I, I was listening to you yesterday talking on the OpenSea show, um, and you were talking about uh, an older document that you had found from the 1920s or something. I can't remember specifically what you said, but that that idea of kind of like digging into historic handwriting text and documents that must be something then that you're really really into yeah i love it um internetarchive.org is an insanely amazing resource for this um so you can go and look up um like if you just type in business educator into archive.org you'll see a ton of um educational scripts for businessmen um because it was a publication that kind of taught businessmen the art of penmanship um, because they needed to learn it back then. And then also there's a website called penavolans.com, um, which is a calligrapher's project where she's gone through um, scri uh, scripts between the early 1900s and 1600s, and she's just culled all of these um, uh, majuscules or capital letters from all different um, penmen from the past, and it's just an incredible resource. Um, so yeah, so we're really lucky to have both of those things. Does it change much? So does it does it vary drastically between like different types of calligraphy different and different eras in time? Um, a little bit. I feel like I feel like American penmanship really like standardized it and like made it like very like rule heavy, you know, um, and like the definite right way to do things, you know, Um but a lot of it is pretty similar, but there are, you know, tons of different script styles um, mm. across the board. So, Well, none of those questions were in my list of questions, but I just, I figured it's such a rare opportunity actually to be able to speak to someone with such um, experience in calligraphy and to not have asked you really specifically about like the discipline, so to speak, I think would have been a mistake. Um, you're obviously incredibly proud to practice calligraphy and it's the subject behind the collection that we're minting today. And we've got seven minutes until I play my annoying jingle and then we can talk about that collection. So between now and then, why don't we talk a little bit then about like the art scene either around you or the art scene that you surround yourself in, like what, who, where inspires you? What do you what do you draw inspiration from and then reflect in your work? Um, I think I think I draw inspiration from like current events in terms of like the content of what I make. So like in the collection itself, there 
you know, Web3 related words. Um, but also just like from what I was talking about, like archive.org, like going through um, like all of the penmen who like went through the Zanarian in Ohio and looking at all of their work. Um, artists on Instagram inspire me. Um, the calligraphy community over there is amazing, um, insanely talented. Um, and then like uh, this community inspires me a lot. Um, it, it opened my eyes up to different ways of thinking, um, different ways of looking at digital art and cons giving it consideration, like glitch art, like that whole big discussion about two mm. months ago was just fascinating. Um, I also really like, um, like artists specifically like Barbara Kruger, um, who works, you know, who came from like the design world and then kind of turned her design and like add background into like fine art. Um, I love Louise Feely, um, who's out of New York city, who does like specifically like Italian restaurant, uh, logo design, which is like so niche, <laughs> but her work is so beautiful. Um, and then Jessica Hish came out of, um, her design came out of Louise Feely's design studio. Um, and she's just, Jessica Hish just brings so much joy and like fun to her work and it's but it's so beautiful and so like perfect she's also written children's books so like I really look up to Jessica Hish as like somebody that I want to kind of go down the same path of like she does design and and illustration and yeah that's awesome and you're kind of touching on a question I've got a little bit later on which is your future plans so let's let's park that there let's talk about your other artistic practice because you don't just kind of like concentrate on calligraphy, right? There are other strings to your bow, so to speak. So do you want to talk a little bit about your other works? Yeah, so I I started diving into digital illustration in 2021. Um, and it started off with these faux mosaics um, that I minted on Bitsky.com um, back in the day. Um, and I learned how to do that through another calligrapher, um, Molly Superthorpe, um, who I've, I've worked with a little bit. I tested some of her brushes, um, that she made for a procreate, but, um, yeah, so I started with the digital mosaics and that got me like comfortable with, with working in procreate, which is the best $10 app ever. Um, and, um, then I started like, it was mid 2021 and, and we were still like, not really going out much, you know, everybody was being pretty careful. And we were just all talking about JPEGs and but on audio, and we were all stuck in our homes. And I started illustrating rooms and then like dressing them up with, with NFT Easter eggs, um, because I wanted to kind of represent this visual space that we were all kind of collectively living in. Um, and those were really fun to draw. And then I started drawing, um, books for story emporium because I love making puns um and yeah and then I started drawing the Mornbird characters in 2022 um which was fun and wouldn't have been possible without Bueno which is um a generative art um platform that helps you helps artists do, do generative yeah, we, work we know, we know Bueno well here yeah um so yeah, I'm still new. I'm still self-conscious about illustrating, um, but I really, really love it. Um, yeah. And what is it? What is it that makes you self-conscious? Is it like, is it just being comfortable enough in the work that you're creating, and whether people appreciate it or not? Is it? Is it more your own subjectivity? Are you? Are you still not sure what your own style is? Like, what? What is it that makes you nervous to that end? I think it's like. Um, just the knowing of like being only two years into something and then looking back and being like oh yeah like now I know how to do this and that better and I would have changed this here and that there it's the same thing like with calligraphy like when I look at my calligraphy from 2014 it's like vastly different from how it is now you know uh -huh. and so um, yeah it's just the knowing of like there's still a lot to learn and a lot to practice do you think that stays with you forever do you think that yeah. Do you, do you think that even like a master artist, do you think Picasso on his deathbed, I mean, Picasso was old, right? Picasso got to his 80s, I'm sure, 90s maybe. Like, do you think 
do you, do you think he was still unsure I about, don't know about his process <laughs> I I feel like you never I feel like art and uh, calligraphy and any sort of discipline like this you never arrive and if you think you've arrived then maybe I don't know that's just crazy because there's always something to learn and something to experiment with and and yeah and it's a it's about like the practice of doing it I completely you know? agree yeah I, yeah. I, I t totally agree and I, I think that for more or less every single discipline like with the you know exception of you know like Maradona in soccer football terms or you know like uh, someone who is uh, Usain Bolt <laughs> like he arrived I'm pretty sure <laughs> but but I would say in any kind of discipline where it's about like application of a craft a skill I am entirely with you like I think uh, I think you can never uh, learn too much and you can never take on enough information to um to to say that like you've completed it i just don't think that exists 100 percent. And, and i kind of think that also like to that end i know we were talking about ai yesterday like i don't think ai is becomes the end either i actually see ai as like a huge opportunity for artists who are already really well established to like to be able to develop their craft further, to be able to use AI as a tool for inspiration, to be able to become more prolific. Like, I actually think AI is just an incredible tool. Um, maybe we can get to that in a minute too. Before we do get to that though, Sarah, I have a jingle to play. Artist Edition is live. Okay, so it's actually been live for about two hours because Sarah has a lovely group of collectors who gathered an allow list and went first. But now the uh, Holy Script Open Edition is now officially live. Congratulations. And you're already 117 NFTs in, Sarah, which is absolutely Wonderful. So congratulations. It's an absolutely stunning collection. I'm just going to go into my Discord and tell people that that is the case and give them the official link before any scammy scamsters come in and do something naughty. So people, if you would like to go and see Sarah's beautiful collection, Holy Script, please head to OpenSea right now. It is the banner on the homepage, which makes it very easy for me to let you know. It's OpenSea.io. The collection is called Holy Script. And who better to tell us all about it than Sarah herself? Sarah, let us know a little bit more about this. Where's it come from? How did you put it together? What's your intention? Let's hear all about it. Yeah, this, this collection is about the celebration of words and the power of writing for ourselves. Um, you know, I feel like calligraphy is a beautiful practice that honors words and language, like by sitting down and writing it really slowly and focusing on like the beauty of the letter forms. Um, and I think that innate in writing, handwriting, um, there's a humanity, um, even with like you know, traditional engrosser script, like between looking through different master penmen's hands, you can, you can tell when it was one penman versus the other, because even though they both have this like ideal that they're shooting for, their humanity is there in it. Um, and I just think that's so beautiful. And I think, you know, I'm excited about AI as well. And as the prevalence of AI grows, I think that this is an opportunity for us to lean even more into our own humanity um, and and like focusing on making art and with our hands. So like I wanted this collection to be really tactile. So I um, got this paper. Um, let me see where uh, it, it's called Fabriano medievalis or medieval i think well, that comes um, right off the tongue that rolls. yeah super easy to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> um and i wanted to like capture the texture of paper um so i like 
I wrote all of these, well, I wrote probably half of them directly onto paper um, with an oblique pen holder and steel nib, like dipping a nib into ink and writing it on paper. Um, and then I would take photographs of the of the calligraphied words on paper um, because I wanted like that to be really like make it look like it was real. Um, and then like I took it into Photoshop and like added a shadow below the paper so it would look like it was sitting on something. Mm. Um, and same thing with the flowers. I arranged those as well and then like took photos of them and then edited out all of the white in the background um, with Procreate. And then I kind of like used like, it was like a kind of like, I feel like pretty nice combination of like real and also like digital because like the flowers kind of look a little bit psychedelic with the way they're like copied and pasted and like turned around and stuff. Um, and yeah, it was like writing on paper, taking photos, editing in Photoshop or Procreate. Um, and yeah. It's <laughs> and amazing. Exporting. <laughs> yeah. So how long has it taken to pull together? Because you and I were talking, right? When when did we start talking? Maybe five weeks, four weeks ago, five weeks ago? Yeah, like mid-April. Yeah. So this has come together pretty quickly. Um, and uh, it's it's absolutely incredible. But like, give us a sense of Give us a sense of like hours worth of work. Like you've put a lot of time into this, right? Yeah, a lot of time. There was a lot of time of like thinking up front of like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Um, and then it was just like, man, you know what? Like just words are so important. And um, yeah, but like with the time of writing them, um, also calligraphy is one of those awesome uh, disciplines where if you mess up on the last letter there might not be any salvaging it so you like have to start over um so yeah I mean it was like three weeks of like pen to paper and like deciding which words and then like designing them in pencil and then inking and then erasing and then deciding like okay do I want this in the collection do I not want this in the collection um yeah I know you, you also reached out to the community at large right and you were asking people a lot of people for inspiration words that were important to them words that were uh really specific to web3 um and uh, and other things like where i'm not going to ask where the idea for that came from but why was that important to you yeah it was important just because um i want to know what's important to other people um, and because words have meaning to everybody, right? Like, um, I can't remember who said it, but I think, I think somebody suggested courage. Um, I know that my, one of my friends suggested breathe and I was like, oh man, like these are so good. And they have so many different meanings to different people. I've minted um, breathe, by the way. You did? Oh my Yeah. I, I got, I got triple breathe, 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 which yes. I love. Yeah. Yes. Really nice. Yeah. And and also, I saw someone uh, suggested pizza. That made the that made the the draw. Oh yes, oh yes. When I saw that, I was like, perfect. I have to have pizza in there. Love pizza. Yeah, and and but... like the pizza Dow is just such a great group of people. Um, so I was like, yes, I have to have pizza in here. Perfect week for it. And there are also so then you've also kind of like you've added some profanity. Uh, to the collection so uh, talk a little bit about that because you and I were talking earlier today um, when I woke you up <laughs> because I forgot what time zone you were in um, and uh, you were talking a bit about like people's reaction sometimes to the way you practice your calligraphy can you kind of just give us a little overview of that again because I found that a really fascinating kind of like uh, discussion yeah, so um, I like writing profane words in calligraphy. I think it's fun. Um, in the past, when I would share them on Instagram, there was quite a bit of pushback. Um, for whatever reason, um, the calligraphy community tends to skew a little more on the conservative side and religious side, which is fine. Um, but the pushback of writing a word like you know, shit in calligraphy um, was pretty, 
pretty um, extreme. Um, and so, but I found that here in Web3, it's like more accepted. Um, and so someone, I think, I can't remember where I saw Fuck It, We Ball, but I saw it on the timeline somewhere and I was like, this has to be in calligraphy. This is just so good. Um, We've had so many people comment on Fuck It, We Ball in <laughs> Discord. It's just the best. And it's also, I think it's amazing. Tristan said something awesome yesterday in, in her OpenSea show with you, which was like sometimes looking at this kind of like looking at the calligraphy with the flowers and the way that you've presented it, it kind of like reminds her of bedtime stories. And yet to have like fuck, 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 or fuck it, we ball, or, you know, like, uh, let's fucking go. I just think uh, it's just brilliant. It's uh, such a great use of like juxtaposition. Um, I'm a big, big fan of the collection. I think it's absolutely wonderful. Why don't you then talk to us um, a little bit more about your kind of like transition into Web3 then? Because you came in, you you are, you know, already responsible for a few collections, which is awesome. Like, what has your ride been through Web3? And, uh, and, and, and I think I'm going to say, like, crypto twitter too because you are you, you're really like well received like everyone knows and likes and supports you in in the space um and so that you know that that's testament again i think to your consistency in the space like you turn up every day you gm you write you share you comment you you give praise and i think that then pays off like tell us a little bit about your ride for the past maybe two and a half years yeah, I learned about it in Clubhouse in February of 2021. Um, and that was kind of a time when people were talking about the technology itself and what it meant for artists and what it meant for companies going forward. And there was a lot of like, kind of like philosophical discussion, um, but also a lot of fun um, and a lot of experimenting. And um, I... I was really like excited about the technology at the time and I still am. Um, but it, I think that's kind of maybe why I continue to keep showing up is because I know that this technology isn't going anywhere and I know how powerful it is for creators to be able to put their stamp on the blockchain and say, this is mine. I stand behind this, especially for those of us that came that were making work during the heyday of Instagram and our work kind of being like um, stolen in ways or reposted without attribution and all of that. Um, and yeah, and also somebody who's in the audience who I think really um, helped set the tone in the beginning is Trish. And she um, she's a big supporter of artists, a photographer herself, and she was a big proponent of just retweeting all of our artist friends just like retweet everybody because at the time it was such a it was such a gamble and such a scary thing to say that you were in nfts it still is scary um i posted i posted my video about this on youtube um on my youtube channel where i talk about nibs um where i talk about vintage nibs <laughs> if you're into that <laughs> um, i love a nib <laughs> um uh, yeah, and I got a negative comment, and I was like, "Man." Um, so yeah. So anyway, her, the philosophy was, we got we have to uplift everybody because this isn't about, you know, the number of followers you have on Instagram. This is about all of us lifting each other up for the greater good. That's what I think about when I think about community. By the way, I think about everybody doing things for the greater good, um, and the greater good in my mind is decentralization provenance and power to the artists and um i i want that to continue forward because i think that that creates a better community better world overall when we all like are lifting each other up and there aren't just like five winners you know in the world and I that's kind of how it is on instagram yeah i completely agree with you and i actually think about that more broadly in Web3 too, like we're, we're here to talk about art and your art specifically, but let's just for a moment talk about Web3, like the reason everyone showed up at the beginning. It, well, not quite at the beginning, but certainly somewhere in the middle. The PFP project run and this sense of like, oh yeah, I belong to a community. Actually belonging to a community, I think goes way beyond just holding 
a token. Like, truly, you don't belong to or you don't really, like, exist as a community unless you're all really, like, pulling in the same direction and you're all contributing equally. And I, I look at projects like Pudgy Penguins. Can't believe I'm talking about Pudgy Penguins on this show. But you look at projects like Pudgy Penguins and you think what Luca has been able to do to kind of like corral this group of people to all absolutely focus all their energy on creating content, on sharing content, on following everyone else in the community, on giving them all praise, uplifting them. And that is a massive skill. Like, and he deserves his moment in the sun, his time in the sun. He does, they deserve their project to be at that kind of like crazy floor price that they're at. Not because I think, you know, like it's all subjective, of course, not because the art like sings out and it's one of those things that will stand the test of time for millions of years as a, an IP. I'm sure it will do very well, but it will do very well because Luca and his team's ability to be able to like create this wonderful community and to encourage the community to believe in and contribute. And I think that is my perception of what you're saying and how actually how broadly it applies to this entire Web3 space. 100%. I'm so impressed by what they're doing over there. I saw the commercial they made for their toys and I was just like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. It's clever, isn't it? They're doing really well. Like anyone that fades or suggests that that isn't a really well put together whole thing going on there is crazy because they, they're doing great things. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about, Sarah, is it? We're here to talk about you and your wonderful collection. You talk about the craft, your craft, the craft of penmanship um, and your your process of like your, your calligraphy, your process of creating. Like, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, this idea of like, <laughs> it's not really an idea, but I've heard you a few times speak about calligraphy as being like a male dominated kind of discipline in previous like you know, in, in, in olden, older times, like, can you tell us what it means also from, from your end to kind of be one really representative of, of the medium, but also like as a, uh, a woman in the space? Yeah. Um, we were talking yesterday a little bit about how, um, a lot of the master penmen of the past are, are men. Um, and, even even today, a majority of calligraphers are women, but it seems that, or at least a few years ago, it seemed that uh, the majority of people at the top, quote unquote, were men. Um, and I think that's changing. Um, and the when I was here in the beginning, um, the three calligraphers here were, that I knew of, were all women. Um, and now it's like more of a more of a mix um and you know in the past like men were called master pinmen and women were called lady writers and it was kind of like a subtle diss <laughs> in the past of you know women of the same skill just not being regarded um as highly um and i I hope that goes away. I hope that um, people can look past who's who's making the art. Um, even though I do believe that context matters and who the artist is matters, um, but I hope people can shake off uh, those prejudices. <laughs> um, and yeah, I completely yeah. agree. I think you're doing a wonderful job to that end. Sarah, Doug would like to know: Have you ever tried uh, or worked with, like, in a in like with graffiti oh my goodness no i have not but that would be extremely cool and the second question what kind of like a what kind of a place do you have to go to when you're practicing your calligraphy when you're really like in the zone and you're creating like as prolifically as you no doubt had to for this collection like what what mental place do you have to go to to kind of like to really start to push through all of that okay, this is going to sound so cheesy, but if I'm doing something uh, 
like if I'm doing something other than addressing wedding envelopes, and even if I am addressing envelopes, like I can't have on something like super funny. Like if I have on something super funny, it's over. I'm, I'm, you know, messing up everywhere. Uh, I can't pay attention. So this is going to sound super um, snob kebab, as my friend Jess would say. But I put on a candle. I put on classical music. And I go to town. I, okay. I know that sounds so cheesy, but that's what I do. You know, it, it doesn't. I It was the only way I could complete my dissertation when I was at university. Was early in the morning before anyone else in my shared accommodation was awake with classical music on. Otherwise, forget it. I couldn't do it. And it got me in the zone and it got me through. So I can completely relate to what you're saying there. Snob kebab. Sigrid, I know you had a question earlier. Oh, yeah, it was earlier, but I still have a question. Sarah, first I want to say it's amazing to speak to you. I think I'm following you around four or five years on the Instagram. And my um, category fan got very dusted. And when I saw you were going to do our um, edition, I had to take the dust off my pen and I started writing. Um, and my question was about that, because um, how many hours of drilling have you done to become this good? Oh, man, um, I'm not sure. I, I like, used to practice before work and after work. Sorry, was that yeah. the whole question? No, no, that yeah. was it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also your calligraphy is really beautiful. Um, you can tell that you have, like, a lot of practice. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure I think it, it also like became a replacement hobby for me like um like instead of um uh over I used to overwork out so instead of overworking out I used to do calligraphy um to replace that and do something healthier um so yeah I'm not quite sure but it's been like every day for the last almost every day for the last nine years yeah and are you still using the drilling uh exercise because um, before you start to write, um, you have to warm up. And they always teach, uh, told me, you have to do your drilling exercise, but I'm too lazy for it. So I was thinking, are you still um, doing that to warm up? Because you were writing all the names last uh, days. Um, and oh. maybe that's kind of a drill for you, but... Yeah, um, yeah, I... I... I need to do pencil warm-ups more, but I try to do them like once a week where you're like running ovals and um, doing like infinity loops and things like that. Um, but yeah, the names are kind of like a, a kind of a casual way to stay, you know, in shape, quote unquote, with calligraphy. <laughs> Great question, yeah, Sigrid. Yeah, and I think I have to thank you uh, from all the people you wrote their names because they were beautiful. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, I agree. I love my one. And we've got the audio gallery's uh, name written down as well. Um, this is a point where anyone who would like to come up and ask Sarah a question um, or, or congratulate Sarah on a wonderful collection can uh, request to come up. It would be lovely to hear from some of you. It's been a few weeks since we've been on an audio gallery space. So uh, please come up. In the meantime, I've just got a couple of very quick fire questions for Sarah to answer sarah very quickly i would like to know your favorite movie uh while you were sleeping 1995 sandra bullock and bill pullman very good i remember it okay of course it is of course it is okay favorite book um the velveteen rabbit nice Favorite fictional character? Mary Poppins. Ah, there's a theme <laughs> here. <laughs> Favorite brand? Um, it's Thai Rifle Paper Company or PBS. So many artists' favorite brands are where they buy their materials. I cannot get over it every time. <laughs> Um, your favorite location, your favorite place? Um, bookstores and or craft stores. 
paper and... source. I wish there was a paper source where I live. There's not. Okay. And your finally your favorite cuisine. Pizza. Yes, of course. <laughs> great answers. Hey Trish, how are you hey, doing? Great. How are you? I want to know if you can like write a shopping list or a post-it note for yourself like a normal person and like what your handwriting is like <laughs> when you do that or if you like kind of can't help but just fall into calligraphy mode and if every little label and reminder is beautiful. It's not beautiful but you are definitely calling me out because I can't stand typing like a grocery list like I want a piece of paper so I can write it down um yeah just because I feel like I remember way better when I write things down um and when I can like have that moment of like not looking at my phone to do something because if I'm looking at my phone like my like I'm gonna get pulled into TikTok like they they own my brain like (laughs) I have to be looking at a piece of paper you know that's backed by science too the like handwritten notes yes yeah you're not yeah totally but I, I, I I'd like you to start taking pictures of like reminders and just the mundane in your handwriting I want to see I agree I want to see Sarah's grocery list in calligraphy I think that would be a lot of fun I also think how good Christmas must be with with Sarah like the presents the little tags and things and I bet you are <laughs> a super I bet your wrapping takes hours and is pristine I bet it's wonderful Am I right? I suck at, at wrapping and cutting. Those are oh. not my strong suits. But card making, you're going to have, like, I wish my sister was in here because you're going to have a good card. If it's your birthday, Mother's Day, Father's Day, you're going to get a good card. Nice. I love it. Thanks, Trish. Thank you for coming up. Um, Simbio, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. Um, I was just looking at the overall collection so far that's minted. And my question is um, seeing words, um, you know, about the generative process. I know you've handwritten each one of the cards themselves, but um, how did you go about um, dealing with the generative? Um, I know that you had some press flowers, and I heard in another room where you had uh, mentioned that it's slightly psychedelic for the the flower portion because you um, mirrored them. Do you want to speak a little bit to to that? Yeah, so um, the flowers actually took a really long time because I took pictures of them, but I wanted them to be on top of the paper, like framing it. Um, So I had to like go in with an eraser tool and like erase between all of the little tiny leaves and stuff. Um, And then like actually half of them are written on paper. And then the other half, I, I ran out of paper. And this paper is like, $35 for a box so it's like really expensive so I ran out of the paper so what I did was I took a photo of the paper and then I wrote all of the words out on like a piece of regular paper and then I took that into Photoshop and then overlaid that onto the paper in Photoshop Um, and yeah so so there were like quite a few different steps like depending on whether it was written directly on the paper or whether I had to do it separately and then put it onto the paper in Photoshop. Yeah. Um, and just to, to extend that question, because it's a great question. This was the first time you'd pulled something together kind of generatively like this or because I know you spent some time. So we work with MetaSeed Labs. There's a little plug for A-Town and Evan. Um, and, uh, and so I know you spent quite a bit of time with A-Town, like working on how each trait and each layer needed to be like labeled and and like assembled. What was that like in terms of putting that together? Yeah, um, it was pretty, it was easy working with A-Town, first of all. Um, he was great. Um, and... Yeah, this is my first time doing a generative collection that's not um, a character um, where it's like, oh, the eyes go directly here and this doesn't go with that or whatever. Um, And everything also is like even rarity. Um, That was important to me just because I was like, these words might mean 
more to somebody else than the other person. Do you know what I mean? So it was important to me that everything be like equal across the board. Um, and yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's great. <laughs> Thank you, Symbio. Sir Travis, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Cosmic. Thank you. It's Friday evening. Uh, I go on vacation tomorrow. I'm talking with all of you wonderful people about wonderful art by Sarah and having a lovely time. So couldn't be better, actually. But uh, please go ahead, ask your question. Um, I was, I don't, I don't know if I really have a question, but I, I just wanted to state that I really, you know, haven't thought about calligraphy in a long time. But back in back in school, you know, we we took art and one of my teachers was really big into teaching us calligraphy. And so I, I think it's really interesting to uh, see somebody that's, you know, carried it so far. So I'm just excited about that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks to that teacher. That's amazing. Do you, do you think the, the medium of calligraphy, Sarah, is, is, I don't want to say it and offend you, so I won't, but, you know, like, I'm not going to say forgotten, but do you think it's something that has kind of slipped away from us and there are, there are a few of you that are kind of like carrying the torch and keeping it going? Or is there a, is there a buoyant calligraphy community out there? Yeah, I mean, I do think it's, you know, I mean, look at the number of calligraphers in Web3, right? Like there are very few of us. There are four that I can name offhand um, versus like photographers. It's much different. There are a ton of photographers in Web3, um, even like musicians, which is so surprising. Um, there are very few calligraphers. Um, however, I think with Instagram in the mid 20 teens, um, like it had like a resurgence because we were all discovering it through social media. Um, and so like that gives me hope that there's like this <clears throat> group of people around my age who are really taking up the, I don't know what the phrase is, taking up the torch and <clears throat> studying the old masters um, from the early 19th century and even doing it better in some cases. There are some calligraphers who haven't entered Web3 who know about it, who I've talked to. I'm like, when are you going to come into Web3? Because um, they're so amazing. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I think, and even with like AI writing tools, like writing, writing for ourselves, just typing is possibly dying, which is kind of scary mm. a little bit. Um, so yeah great well look this has been uh, a really really wonderful opportunity to talk to you and to learn a bit more about this uh beautiful medium which i guess you're right is just not showcased and expressed uh enough in the space and i think the way that you have applied it and the way that you have built this small generative collection i think is just stunning and so um power to you Sarah um, and thank you so much for joining me today um, for those of you out there who would like to know more about this you can obviously follow Sarah she's here in the space um, Sarah is super wonderful at getting back to people which is <laughs> why she and I are here talking but um, but also um, she has lots of uh, she has you, you have your discord right Sarah and you also have your own website there's obviously the book and other things like that so um yeah people can follow and learn much more about it um also uh yes if you are interested in minting the collection as i said beforehand go to OpenSea now homepage. it is on the main banner there holy script by sarah script and you can go through the price for an nft from this collection is 0.018 ethereum so uh, the Mint will be open for 72 hours. So it's on Monday evening. Um, so there's plenty of time to go and choose your own. Uh, there are some absolutely fantastic ones in there. And we're seeing lots of them pop up now, which is incredible. Sarah, any final words from you before we close out? Um, just thank you so much. Um, I'm so honored to be able to have done this um, with audio galleries. Um, uh, yeah, just thank you. And 
and thank you to people who have collected or retweeted at seeing the support for calligraphy on the timeline has been really, really cool. Um, so thank you so much. Um, I'm just so grateful. So thank you. Me too. I'm very grateful. Guys, I'm having a week off. Yay! So uh, from tomorrow, I am heading out on vacation. I will be available on social media because I'm addicted to it and I can't put it down. But uh, I'm going to take a little bit of time. I'll be less so in Discord and uh, and other places. So if you need me, um, holla. If you don't, then have fun. Have a great week. Have uh, a wonderful weekend now. I know it's a long weekend for lots of you out there. Thank you so much for spending your Friday with us, Sarah. I really, really appreciate you. I think your work is wonderful. Uh, thank you for allowing us to share it with the world with you. Thanks to Tristan from OpenSea. I hope you're feeling better soon, Tristan. Thanks for attending. Um, all of the folks who came up to ask a question, really appreciate you all too. Everyone, GM. This is Audio Gallery.